the ladies were very, they found this very appealing. Okay, here we are. We're going in hot on IC Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading my like shorthand here. This is the Insert Credit Show, episode number 104. Is that correct? Yeah. It, please yeah, don't, call it, got it don't call it a podcast again. Come on. <laughs> and um, last time, we all changed our shirts into uh, more kind of effeminate clothing, except for Frank. <laughs> and um, I was thinking about I, I, that. I went geriatric. You guys went effeminate. I went geriatric. Right, right. We, in other words, we lowered testosterone across the board, though. Mm-hmm. And um, that got me thinking because you were wearing that uh, Sailor Moon shirt, Brandon. Yeah. That was uh, that was kind of a difficult thing, being like a thirteen-year-old Sailor Moon fan who's male. For uh, me, anyway. You know, it wasn't so hard for me because I guess because I live in the North Bay and you live in the South Bay. Um, because I tell you what. I, I had, um, in middle school and then high school, I had Sailor Moon stickers all over my dang binder. Just all over it. Um, and they, uh, the ladies were very, they found this very appealing. And they'd be like, man, that's so cool. Your sticker, your, your binder's covered in shiny stickers. And I was like, yeah, it is. And Sailor Jupiter is the best one. And they'd be like, yeah, I didn't know that. And I'd be like, well, now you do. <laughs> that is true, actually. But now, yeah. I guess I psyched myself out because I was more concerned that it would draw, um, you know, like homophobic epithets, mm. which, you know, I still received anyway. So it was really no point to the whole thing. But See, the I question was never... here is that... Oh, okay, go ahead. I, well, I was no, going to say, I'm not, I'm not super... I was never super concerned about homophobic epithets because uh, I, I think Tim has heard this story, but in... in um, elementary school there was an older kid who was like uh i i said or did something and he was like that's gay you're gay and i was like what if i were and he's like that's bad and i was like why and he's like shut up (laughs) uh so that was i i wasn't too worried about that because i knew that um people didn't really understand why they were upset about homosexuality and so, if you just uh, if you just confounded them, but again, I think that's a privilege of 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 the North Bay. And Tim had a different experience with that sort of interaction. Yeah, I got called all sorts of stuff, uh, all sorts of stuff. I got kicked in the balls a lot. Right. Uh, as long as it uh, it doesn't involve a kick in the groin, that's usually the best part. But yeah. so, what games here? Right. Games for girls. What oh, game G4G. are you not supposed to enjoy because it's for the ladies that well, you have like, enjoyed? Like right now? Ever. Oh, like man. Ever? I, I think that uh, I I was happily not ever particularly encumbered by that. Um, yeah. Well, uh, like well, how many, how many I'm games not referring for... to your personal overcoming of this. I'm just saying what games for – like, for example – Anesan on the PC Engine. Yeah, so that's a great very, one. Very clearly marketed specifically towards teenage girls. Yeah, but that one is like... I actually want to write something about that someday because I feel like that game was a uh, a bit before its time in terms of being semi-progressive and interesting in its dealing with um, games marketed toward ladies because... It was a game about a bunch of tough girls who uh, beat up other tough girls. And at night, they would have dreams about princesses and rainbows and stuff. Uh, and then in the morning, they would go back to mini games of mugging at each other and, and making the ugliest face possible to intimidate the other person or beating up a bunch of ladies. And uh, it, w- it was a pretty weird, tough, cool game where you could decorate your room. And uh, I feel like that, that game was actually pretty uh, progressive in a weird way. Um, well, th- I don't think they've still reached anything that awesome again, have they? Mm, probably not. Well, maybe they have. But uh, I-, I know people have tried with, like, there's that game Life is Strange, which is about 
being a teenage girl, kind of. It's a, it's an adventure game by French people. It's written all by dudes, though, I think, which is a little... Um, a Frencher game, you mean? Yeah, an adventure game. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not totally sure how I feel about a game about a teenage girl being written by all dudes, but it is at least trying something over there. I wrote a book about a teenage girl once. How'd that go? It went pretty well. I can't think of any other games of note that uh, were made for girls and are actually of some level of quality. Well, there was Final Fantasy X. <laughs> well, that's oh, that's point. true. That's true. That, that was marketed a hundred percent at girls in Japan. Oh, you know, uh, Pac-Man was uh, was made for women. Pac-Man's pretty good because it doesn't involve space violence or whatever. It's like yeah. they thought, maybe, maybe girls will like this more abstract game. Yeah, actually, uh, what he said was he was uh, trying to make a game that would that would get girls in arcades and. Uh, what he came up with was uh, girls like food. Yeah, girls like eating. Yeah, what boom. He so that's it is what true. he did there. Yeah, they, they, but you know what? I've, Some might I've say, actually never seen a girl who wasn't like just eating something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've never seen a girl not like eating. They're always doing it. It's weird, but it's uh, just like constantly. Some some but, might say that all humans eat, but I I don't I don't really. I see dudes. I see dudes who are like just sitting around not eating sometimes. I guess. I'm That's not sure joke. I've seen you eating, I... Brandon. And I've been in a restaurant with you, so I don't know how that really works. <laughs> see? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Eating is for noobs. Um, what about eating like Eating sucks. Bar- what about like Barbie's Horse Adventure? That that was not a very good game though. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, other than liking things ironically, I don't know. I I think Crystal's Ponytails is funny. Yeah. Does, uh, Does Magic Knight Ray Earth count as a uh, female aimed game? I think no. Clamp, but... it, yeah, they were kind of uh, cross. Uh, they kind of crossed the boundaries and the yeah. borders. Uh, like, like so. For example, anything like Ranma. Like Ranma one half is actually a really interesting sort of manga. Yeah, because it was for girls and guys at the same time. In a time when there were either shoujo mangas or there were shonen mangas, mm-hmm. it was like this is for everybody. Well, I mean, it was when they were starting to really strongly divide up the audience into like shoujo and shonen, and it's like here's this one that's both of them at the same time. Deal with it. You so know, it's I like think Ray Earth is similar. I think we might be ignoring a large important genre, which is adventure games, because there are definitely those like, um, you know. Heartful boyfriend is not is not marketed toward women. It's more marketed toward lol times hipster types. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of those like boys love or um similar adventure games that are about getting the cool guy and and or getting the the cute guy or whatever. And some of those are actually interesting to read at least. Yeah. Yeah, uh, totally forgot what I was going to say. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Groaned. Is there any conceivable game that you could make now that could be marketed specifically towards, like, adolescent to teenage girls that, uh, well, of course, this is what we would want as male game players, so I, I suppose there's really no point in even uh, making a distinction here. But uh, I'm just wondering, is this like a dead genre? Absolutely not. Have you had a? Have you ever had a cell phone? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Look at, the, look at those well, those mobiles. aren't games. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, there's that uh, that that f- one about the frozen princess having a baby. I have that oh, one. It's fantastic. That one's real weird. And there's that other dental one. Who is? What? I don't remember what that is. But there there was some weird thing about giant. Giant terrifying smiles. I almost worked on a game that was gonna be marketed toward, originally gonna be marketed toward women, but when I was coming on board, I wanted it to be marketed toward everybody, which was called, uh, Housewife Superstar. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. it was a DS game. Yeah. Yeah, it was a DS game. I, I was, I was all ready to subvert some paradigms with that one, but, uh, it didn't really, didn't really shake out. But I, I feel uh, like I feel like you can pretty easily now market a game toward a lot of people and and have it you don't you don't have to worry too much about 
a game that has a, a lady in it, not just being for ladies or something, as much as you yeah. used to. I think it would be cool to market uh, video games toward all people. Has anyone here, uh, you know, ever seen a Geico TV commercial? I did. Of course you have. I did. Because there's about 8 billion of them. They never do. They've got like, what is their, it's like a god darn meatballs paradise. It's like a, it's like a sniper tower of advertisement. It's like they're getting headshots all day long. Like they don't even care. They're shooting anything that moves as far as their advertisement strategy goes. It's they have easily 30 different commercials running on TV at any given Mm -hmm. time. TV, movie theaters, radio, internet, wherever. And they have no, singular strategy has anyone else just anybody here know what i'm talking oh, about oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 sure yeah yeah so it's like i don't see why like i mean obviously it works for them because they're this big name in car insurance and they've uh kind of i don't know if any of you read advertising age or what have you but they've they've really been just battling this convention this conventional wisdom for a long time that has it that uh, you need this completely unified ad campaign. It's like, but they're not selling a product that's for like one particular audience or taste or uh, demographic. It's they're selling something to everybody. And I mean, say what you will about insurance uh, and the insurance business, et cetera, et cetera. But the advertising strategy is neat. It's like, why can't you just? But when a video game comes out, it's like Mortal Kombat. Here it is. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like. It's always just one ad. John Carmack is going to make you his boyfriend or whatever the, the ad says. Yeah. Uh, John Romero is going to make you his boyfriend. <laughs> I hope John, John Car- Carpenter does, though. I would rather have John Carpenter as my boyfriend. Wait, you mean John Carpenter or John Carmack? Oh, you said did Carmack. I say- well, I just yeah, I yeah. just uh, did you one well, further. That's a, that's a weird word association, but I like it. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I'd be John Carpenter's boyfriend for a couple minutes. Well, Tim, uh, you just made a distinction that is kind of what I was trying to say, but wasn't really uh, articulating at all. Is uh, like right you want on, games then. to be marketed to everybody. You think that's yeah. you think that's preferable? We've got this game, Video Ball, right? And I mean, anybody, you know, if you guys have seen the weird commercials I've done for my games and for other games, like there, it's very much for the singular sort of lull time internet idiot audience that I enjoy hanging out with, but. For video ball, it's like this game has a different sort of appeal. It's more has more in common with car insurance than it does with uh, Mortal Kombat, I guess. <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't want to just make. I, obviously, I am going to make a dumb, bizarre, idiot infomercial video, but I want to make other stuff too. Like, is video ball a game for little girls? You know, absolutely, right? So. I don't know. There's that. Well, I I hate to shit on video ball by proxy, but I was going to say, isn't like this really super specific interest group that games used to be marketed towards, you know, not across the board, but more so like, Mm -hmm. isn't that kind of like some flavor that's missing from games now that they are just so fricking spread so wide? Well, I guess. Would it be more interesting if there were super specific interests being uh, pursued? Well, there I think are. there are there are super yeah. specific interests being pursued. They're just not people don't advertise it that way because that's um uh necess- it's like limiting your audience. I definitely like I'll I'll be around in my neighborhood and I'll see a billboard and it'll be like Flufferton and that's all it'll say and I'll be like well obviously this is part of some larger ad campaign of which I am completely unaware and it's supposed to recall something to mind to me that I don't know because I don't watch TV and I skip every uh, YouTube ad as aggressively as possible while muting it Um, and so I just I have no idea what this thing is and I feel like that the the specificity and the, the targeting doesn't work as well as it used to as it used to because you don't have that captive audience anymore. You can't be sure that someone's going to go see your X-Men movie in a theater instead of watch it on a plane like I do, which is, you know, an unusual case, but, um, and you can't, you definitely can't expect someone to be watching TV ads anymore. So how do you, how do you get them? You've got to, I think the, you get them in the pachinko hall. That's right. The secret (laughs) is, uh, you want to make a five second commercial that is, uh, uh, completely understandable without sound. Yeah. And then r- before the skip it comes up, you've got a commercial. They make eight second commercials in Japan that sell the product beautifully. 
Like, there you go. I mean, just that's what people need to do. Yeah, I feel also, like all Kickstarter videos, all Kickstarter videos need to be watchable without sound. God darn it! It's you true. know what I mean? Yep, that is like, true. Like, I mean, I, there. How many times do you click go on a Kickstarter and it starts with like a cool picture of the thing and then snap cuts immediately to some white guy on a webcam just going, "Hey guys!" No, just moving his mouth because yeah. I keep it muted. Oh just, right, yeah. You know what? Kickstarter knew that this was a problem, and you know what they've done recently? Add they put captioning. a huge no. They put a huge circle in the middle of the video that says "Click here for sound." Ah. So now, you, now you can't even watch the video without sound. If it's muted, if you mute it, it will tell you to click here to unmute it. They need to not do that. Yeah, uh, and that's my opinion, and that's the straight dope. <laughs> That's well, I had a perfect segue now, in there the somewhere, but uh, once Konami someone drops has recently... the straight dope hammer, yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> I guess they're preparing a fire sale of their assets or something. I don't know. I don't follow this shit, but uh, Castlevania is now a pachinko machine, like mm-hmm. many fucking pachinko machines. Mm-hmm. And this is not so much about uh, the erotic violence pachinko machine that here, but. Um, is there anyone, is this like a realm of gaming? Can it even be called a realm of video gaming? And is there anyone that can honestly purport to give a shit about Pachinko and to understand it? Like, is that the last frontier of nerddom is to be like, oh yeah, this machine from uh, Takasogo is, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh well, my god, I love Takasogo. <laughs> I, I think I think the first thing that should be pointed out is that uh, Konami's Takas- always, always had that uh, division. Uh, and yeah. and it's, it's yeah. not so much like a new thing for them to... Uh, Actually, to I want to point on. out that the, act- the actual first thing that needs to be pointed out is that Takasogo Pachinko rules. <laughs> so you are that guy. <laughs> I'm retconning. I'm retconning the first thing that needs to be pointed out. So. Um, I so I have a friend. And I'm okay with it, Tim. I'm I have a friend who works at uh, at Konami's gaming division in the one um, in not, Vegas. Not, not Takasogo. I don't care. In yeah. Vegas on slots, um, and not Pachinko, but slots. And yeah, he's he's been real depressed by these most recent announcements. And I asked him. How are you, how how do you get to be depressed about this? You work there, or is that what makes you depressed? And he's like, bingo. So uh, I guess he's he's more depressed. Wait, did, did he just announce Castlevania bingo to you? <laughs> yeah, Castlevania right. bingo. Castlevania more bingo. More like Konami. More like bingo nami. Bingo nami. <laughs> Uh, yeah, th- th- this ain't your grandpa's Castlevania, but actually it is. Bingo. Um, bingo Nami means wave of bingo in uh, Japanese. That's true. <laughs> that's pretty good. Wait, so does Konami mean wave of children? No, it just means little wave. Yeah, little wave. That makes a lot more sense. Anyway, um, so... Now that I've revealed their secret, uh, uh, little, little wave is like a... Like a brainwave, because they're actually secretly a Buddhist cult devoted to mind control. That's true, and uh, that's you, a joke. Uh, but they are the little bit of a cult. Or no, you have they're to, not. You, you have to be in the cult to to be. No, part of... yeah, no, that's all just a rumor. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, um, I do think there's, I think there's some stuff in in Pachinko. Like Peggle did not a great job of it, but they they tried to. Marry the ideas of Pachinko with, with the ideas of playing a video game. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I do think there are definitely people out there who have strats and ideas about it. They're, about Pachinko or Peggle? About Pachinko. Has anyone here actually played Pachinko? Uh, I have played Pachinko. No, I haven't. Uh, but only, I've Pachinko. Yeah. Not in Japan. Only, only at the California Extreme Arcade Expo. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a certain interesting thing that happens uh, in Pachinko and in human psychology. One could say it's little silver balls uh, planking on the pegs of the mind uh, when there's actual human money involved. Like, uh, it's interesting. The game becomes very fascinating when it's worth 10 bucks to you. Uh, I, I was not prepared for it because I thought myself, you know, I thought myself <laughs> spiritually bigger than such things. But uh, apparently, I was not. I was like, "Oh God, this is fun." So um, well, they <laughs> do. They do so put all those cool, flashy images in front of you, and and they do. 
they make it look gamified, which is cool. And, yeah. And I feel like, I, I don't know if you've all noticed this, but I feel like there is a particular look to the CGI of Pachinko and slot games. Yeah, it looks uh, like a Malaysian uh, flash game. It's well, but there's there are very there there's certain specific tropes in there. Like it's all real shiny. There's always mm-hmm. like some fluid dynamics thing going on that's either made of fire or poison or something. Yeah, um, the poison. And uh, the, and sometimes the they they really like Pachinko will really go for those hyper specific markets. Like there was that what was it, Votom's game or something like that? Which was Oh, a, you gotta love that one. Like a like a old anime that super specific otaku guys were into, and then they made new animation for it, which looked perfect within that universe, and only put it in a pachinko machine, and those guys were like, oh my god, so cool. So They did that with the Evangelion. Evangelion. Right. Evangelo, Evangelion. Uh, Evangelion. There were like, there's like, there's a whole new three minutes of Evangelion. Uh, in this pachinko machine. Right. But that's not necessarily the audience. You go into a pachinko parlor and it's a bunch of old dudes in safari hats or whatever it is that those, you call those hats. Yeah. Just old leather, leather looking dudes with liver spots all over and big double bridged tinted glasses and ladies with bingo visors and puffy blue hair. Yeah. You know, just sitting there in their pajamas all night. Smoking, smoking like it went out of style yesterday, and it did. Uh, Tim, do you, did. do you remember when we? Uh, of course you do. When we w- we were we went to Kawasaki and we, we oh w- baby, we went to that yeah. uh, Kowloon Walled City remake of a of an arcade center, and they had oh. some arcade machines downstairs, and they had this amazing Kowloon Walled City meets Big Trouble in Little China set piece that you could walk around and be in and it was super cool but while we were there enjoying all the all the surrounds there were these extremely aggressive slash passive aggressive dudes brushing by us because they wanted to get to the pachinko hall which was the real actual thing that made money and it was on the third floor so they were just like muscling by us with their sunglasses on and their and their barely extinguished cigarette uh flung into a an ashtray it was uh, quite, quite the contrast because the, yeah. who, whoever made that space obviously made it out of a love for a certain thing, and they had enough money to make that love into a reality. I uh, wonder if it was of Shenmue because they sure did have all of those AM uh, classic AM2 Sega games. Yeah, and they had a, a legit Turbo Outrun in there. Yeah, they had a vintage Super Hang On with the uh, original. It even had the original display, which was hideously old and aged at that yeah. point yeah and they had afterburner they had a sit down afterburner yeah they had all That's the stuff the, was there Pachinko Harrier. in Senmu? uh i don't remember no no curiously really because that just seems perfect like you just get crap if you win a pachinko you could have well, a game of lucky hit so there's weird deals oh lucky hit is uh that's like vintage ancient pachinko that's like literally the actual distinct predecessor of pachinko but uh uh there was no there's weird deals with pachinko manufacturers that their machines not be used in video games unless the video game is dedicated exactly to one pachinko machine and i mean when you think about how sega owns or sammy owns sega Sammy's the big pachinko company. Yeah. Uh, little little things like that. I mean, this wasn't true during the Shenmue era, but uh, these pachinko machines are they are locked in by the publishers and the manufacturers to like for representation in games. They would never let you use a pachinko machine in a game that wasn't a pachinko game. It's weird. They won't let you. They still won't let you take your phone out of your pocket when you're in a pachinko parlor, like. Uh, they will come up and muscle you over to a corner. They don't want any photos existing of the machines uh, outside of these pachinko publications. Uh, in Shenmue 2, you may remember when you're looking at – when you go up to Lucky Hit, uh, there's a guy who's standing there and you talk to him and he goes, oh, I'm just looking at the pins, right? Mm-hmm. They don't like people – like that's an actual – that's a thing. Yeah. They want to look at the pins. Uh, they do not tolerate looking at the pins uh, in a pachinko parlor. You have to sit down because uh, – I don't know if like have have any of you ever talked to or known somebody who's like a like there's I can't find anything like written 
in English that's not hasn't been translated from Japanese, but there are professional pachinko players who all they, they pay their rent with pachinko because they have hyper specific sets of reflex based skills that they just exploit on pachinko and it's it's amazing. And they must and have they an eidetic memory as well because they're gonna uh Oh yeah. Know where all those pins are and what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think pachinko is uh and yeah, Peggle seems as though it uh, like I don't know where the original idea for Peggle came from, uh, but I'm sure that somewhere in the ancient genesis of that game, there was someone knew what was cool about Pachinko. Someone had like seen Pachinko and probably gotten it. It's the it's the wind it up and watch it go. It's the yeah. Uh, it's the tiny influence. Like you have an influence over the field in Pachinko. You're not. Uh, necessarily it's like it's pinball but it's vertical it's completely vertical you're completely overwhelmed and you're influencing field elements at specific times yeah it's uh, it's almost like designing a game entirely around pinball's tilt mechanic exactly so i mean that was one of the main inspirations for uh ziggurat i feel it's safe to say because we're that game's pretty much all in the rear view mirror now and I don't care if anybody rips it off, but if you want to rip off Ziggurat and you're listening to this, play Pachinko. Like, just go actually look at Pachinko. It's a uh, very interesting. And that's so essentially, the straight you've, dope. <laughs> you've answered the hypothetical question of is Pachinko worth uh, pretending to be into, and the answer is yes. You should yeah. absolutely oh, pretend to be into Pachinko because yeah. it is so cool. Wait. I think about it a lot, and I have these hypothetical thought experiments where uh, I have a lot of prototypes that I think I've shared a couple of them with Brandon that yeah. are. Uh, one button StarCraft ideas where you can release a single unit and then watch it, uh, kind of attack this thing. Uh, it's, uh, I, I really like thinking about one button StarCraft. And how do you do one button StarCraft? Well, stuff is moving. That's, that's it really. Yeah. <laughs> like a whole bunch of stuff is happening. It's all on one screen and there you go. Hold I have, and release the button. I have a, uh, an, a potentially controversial, um, thought about these pachinko companies because we've all kind of over the over the two thousands gotten ready to be mad at pachinko for taking away our beloved video games because you know Konami is going the pachinko route. Aruze bought SNK and and killed the Neo Geo Pocket and you know made them put a bunch of pachinko games on there. Uh, Sammy owns Sega, etc. And it looked like all of those situations were where the company was going downhill and we blamed Pachinko. But what if it's that these companies were all in big trouble and were in fact saved by little Pachinko? Little China? Oh. Yeah, little trouble. <laughs> little trouble in big, uh, in big China as well. Little trouble, um, little China. The bigger big, big. the trouble, the littler the China. Wasn't that what you said? Yeah, um, yeah. I made, I made a line graph to illustrate it if yeah. anyone would like to see it. Yeah, that's good. I can share. But, um, but yeah, these, these companies were all kind of in trouble. And there is the possibility that the fact they got bought by pachinko companies or transitioned in more into pachinko companies meant there was still the possibility of them making video games versus going bankrupt. I well, don't, isn't that, is that not the commonly held belief? It is not the commonly held Def- belief. Definitely because, not. No, it's it's oh. it's definitely the uh, the the other <laughs> it's way. Probably true. It I mean, might do, be true. Do you really think Sega would be in business if Sammy didn't buy him? Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, maybe not. Probably not. They, they might well, just it's be a licensing if you, house. If you go on the English version of SNK's Wikipedia, or actually, I'm sorry, Aruze's Wikipedia. It I thought it was ex- a ruse. A ruse. <laughs> Lol. We wish. Good joke for good joke. You mean for like me. a muse? It'd be a ruse. Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely. It needs like citation needed. Citation needed. Citation needed. It is so slanted as like Aruze bought this company and killed them. Yeah. Then if you read the Japanese version, well, I'm assuming Aruze would police that one quite heavily. But yeah. I mean, somebody did write an entire book basically about how SNK was gutted. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone tried to translate that? Uh, not me. Uh, I think I think your mom did. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah, yeah, shoot. Joel's mom. That's right. Yeah, that's who did it. 
It's too bad she oh. didn't succeed because I would like to read that book in English. It, it's too bad she didn't succeed, but him. then again, who does? There was, <laughs> you know, uh, just just a quick aside about that line there. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm house sitting at my mother's house right now, and you know we've got this giant drought here in California, but there are plants everywhere inside of the house and outside of the house, and essentially. I have to decide what plants are going to live and die. And so every, oh. every morning that I'm that I'm watering and not watering plants, I look at one and I say, it's a shame it won't live, but then again, who does? Uh, so there you go. This sounds like a uh, design-your-own-game uh, section we've just entered here. But, yeah, almost. Um, Brandon, just, you had uh, a topic you wanted to introduce. Is that correct? Oh, that is correct, yes. Uh, the So... I was watching uh some some speed runs and then I was also what was I playing that was doing this? Oh, I don't remember now. That's not that important. The the question is are there any kind of punishment slash punitive mechanics in games that you enjoy? Like the knockback in Mega Man when you get hit you're invincible but you get hit back and sometimes you can fall off a platform or whatever it happens in Castlevania as well or things like um just uh eating the wrong potion because it's colored something and now mm. your controls are inverted or things like that are there are there any of these that that you really enjoy i can see them being useful and exploited for Speed runs, and I see that happening a lot. But as a yeah. casual, regular player, are there any of these that really give you a cool feeling of feedback rather than screw this game? Does Sonic losing all of his rings count? I don't really like that one. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't. Why I don't like it too? as a mechanic. It, like it served its function at the time, which was, oh my god, look at this crazy thing that a video game machine just did. There's things flying everywhere. But uh, I do feel like that that mechanic had its day. I like the rush to just get that one ring, so you at least had that one hit left. Oh, it's. I I guess I do kind of like the, um, the clinging to life aspect of that. Uh, that 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 it gives you hope because mm. you can you can you can get back in there potentially. Yeah, that... I uh, I guess there's the game. I, it doesn't really count. It's kind of a cop out. But Wario Land Two for the Game Boy Color, Mar- Wario can't die. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, getting hit by enemies changes his state, yeah. so that if you get hit by a certain type of enemy, you might have to get hit. You might get flattened, and then you might have to get squeezed in order to be restored to your normal size. Etc. Etc. I like that, but that doesn't extremely count. Um, for my this this goes against my usual my usual discussions of the Souls series, wherein I say I don't like it, but I do like that when when you die, you've got a chance to go back and get your stuff, even though you're you're underpowered, and that's kind of a, I guess it's sort of a Sonic kind of thing, but taken to an extreme where uh you can you can regain your life and regain your prog- your progress but you have to fight tooth and nail to get there um how about losing your weapon in fantasy star online that you've probably paid some guy to hack using a game shark and you are just desperately rushing to get back to that level before your internet connection drops <laughs> that doesn't sound fun to me i don't know <laughs> how about just the the adrenaline rush sure I mean that's 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 a real thing. You know, I liked uh, I like Punch Out when you lost to a boxer and you had to go back to the previous boxer. Mm. I like that forced uh, regression. Uh, it it just I don't know for some reason that was more fun to me, and I'm trying to figure out why. Uh, just uh, maybe maybe you know thematically or 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 uh, I, I felt more like I was within the narrative or something. Yeah. Yeah. One I really don't like is the Castlevania knockback because it, it can, it can like you. Sometimes you don't see those Medusa heads, and you jump, and you you've you've done a perfect jump except for not knowing the Medusa head algorithm, and that kind of stuff's really frustrating. Like the like the friggin' bird jump in uh, Ninja Gaiden. Oh yeah. 
it just made me so mad. Like I definitely, I tried that I think five ti- times and then never played the game again forever. <laughs> so well, are we talking... uh, are we all citing a really obnoxious one? Because I've been playing Parodius lately, and my God, I don't need to play another checkpoint shooter for a long time. Oh yeah. Uh, I kind of don't like Gradius, sort of. Uh... Uh, like kind of at all anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I feel uh, like if they're gonna make that game, they ought to just like have you get hit once and then the game's over and you restart. Because I, yeah. as one as one character says in uh, the movie The Departed, just kill me. Yeah, and then the other yeah. character says, "I am killing you." But when he <laughs> says, "I am killing you," he means he's gonna make him answer for his crimes. Right. Uh, so in other words, I'm the one saying, "Just kill me." In Gradius, yeah. when it makes me lose all my power-ups, and the game is the one saying, I am killing you. And it's such an easy you know thing I mean? to fix, because like, they could just knock you back to the beginning of that stage where they throw like four or five power-up waves at you, and you at least feel some sense of accomplishment, you know, and like, have you ever seen all right, a, maybe like, I can go, maybe I can make it with this, you know, but they just kind of throw you in the middle of the jungle with nothing. Yeah. And the, uh, the character in, uh, in Gradius, just it's not fun by itself with no power ups on it. It's just yeah. that that piddly little idiot gun you have is no fun, and you're slow. Uh, you're really slow. Yeah. The trademark option items that are in the game, you don't get those. Sorry. Yeah. You know, it's like what a waste of my time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Speaking so of wasting like, time, I think we're almost uh, getting near the wire here. Oh, and- are we? I- Oh, I was gonna say it's, uh, a punitive mechanic I like. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Please. Uh, well, it's in my own darn video game video ball. Huh? Oh. Uh, uh, of course. I think when you when the whole game is about charging a shot and releasing it, and it's so neat to see tweets popping out on the internet uh, when whenever video ball is happening at a party. It's like, man, you know what my favorite thing about video ball is? Is it's learning when to uh, release a shot after another guy, right? So it's like you want to slam the ball, but if you wait for the other guy to slam it first, then you can just slam it back. So it becomes, you know, the better people get at it, the less they the less they shoot, which is neat. So uh, the idea is if you shoot a player, it cancels their charge, right? And it cancels their charge, and it also sends them flying a distance and a speed based on the size of the shot that hit them. The long, So there's a reason to charge, et cetera, et cetera. But I like... That when you get hit, it also displaces you very quickly. So getting shot can push you around. And if you are a fluid, a position fluid enough player, you can go, well, I'm over here now. And uh, what can I do over here? Right? And uh, I like the way it makes me think there. And Does we it have still this... take control away from you for a few seconds? I uh, know you you still have control. Oh, wow. You haven't played video ball in, played I in guess, a really long time. Yeah. In a very long time. We were going to play it at John Johnson's house uh, next uh, Monday night. If you want to come do. check it out, Frank. Okay, we're gonna but I didn't like players. that. So, like, but, if you got oh, that's that. yeah, that was uh, that was in the prototype. So that's that's been gone for a while. Yeah, so okay. it's you get you well, get knocked I it around. Since then maybe it was maybe I'm thinking of something else. Anyway. You get you get ricocheted around if you get hit. Okay, you you get you get bounced, but you can also bend and move your flight path and redirect it or you can pull so you can try to fight against it like in smash bros Mm -hmm. or you can go with it you can go oh i got shot from the left i'm gonna push to the left now okay that's now i'm going that is different than last time i played which is not oh yeah yeah i don't think you were really calling it the prototype this is when you were having people over every sunday oh yeah yeah that was uh yeah the uh okay the the tackle system was at that time really iffy so we just kept the prototypes stun thing. Okay. Finally, the tackle system is, I mean, it's been the default for a while and we love it. But yeah, also there's the sound when you get hit. Uh, it's, it's a, it's kind of this clean universal sound. And this is what Can I want to say. Can you do an impression of the sound? Can you use percussion or something to give us the sound right now? Oh God, <laughs> can I? I was just going to open up the video ball project. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't do that. You have to use no, I, like a. I can't. A, no, it's a. It's a really, really distinctive sound. It's like a. You have to make the sound with your mouth. I don't even want to bother trying to make. You know, uh, the great mouth. Koji Kondo once said that if you can't replicate the sound with your mouth, 
get it out of the game. That's right. And, uh, uh, yeah, Tom Morello also said you should write all your metal guitar riffs on a acoustic guitar. And Koji Kondo once said that, uh, Tom Morello blows. Yeah, it's well, true. Well, no, no, I mean, well, I'm <laughs> saying that what they said is, I'm saying it's pretty similar, is what I'm sure. saying. Also, co- I made, I made that quote up. Of course. Yeah, yeah oh, I bet you right. did. Oh, uh, and you as, did. A, as a last thing about this sort of thing, I, I do like that, um, FPS games are trying to play with this stuff a little more now. Like, you know, that, that prey game, when you died, you went into an underworld and had to shoot your way back. Or with Borderlands, they have the second wind thing where if you get knocked down, but then you shoot one more enemy before a timer goes out, then you, you get back to full health because it is, it's kind of, death is, uh, in a game like that is kind of pointless. So, cause you're just gonna keep going. Like, as long as it's still challenging, why, why make people actually die and actually restart the checkpoint when they're not yeah. really gonna learn that much from the experience? Uh, yeah. You gotta design a game around that to make it work, and I guess that's what the Souls people did. I did a oh, so small I'm... setback thing in, in Mega Man, if I could talk about that for a second, that, sure. I, that I liked. Um, Let's hear it. So we have this challenge mode where we sort of mix together different sections of different stages. I know at least Brandon's seen it, and yep. uh, listeners out there can, can find videos from the Capcom Unity blog, I'm sure. Uh, but basically, like, this is a time attack mode, uh, and you've got a timer going at all times. And we made the intentional decision that you have infinite lives in this mode. You can die as much as you want, and the only uh, punishment is, is uh, time wasted. But we made the intentional decision of uh, your death isn't instant. You have to watch Mega Man's stupid explosion for the like five seconds that it takes, and like watch your timer oh, continue to move. Because that I rules. Fe- yeah, because it's like it's, it's, we, I, I figured it, that was like frustrating fun. I liked it, you know, like ah, come on, hurry up, you stupid explosion. So I actually like that little setback thing that I did. That rules. Thanks. And here you were knocking Sonic losing his rings, my my. <laughs> Sonic losing his rings sucks, and you know it. Uh, well, isn't that yeah, like a trope know. now that you know Sonic was never a good game? Isn't that kind of the popular thing to say? Yeah, it's popular, yeah. but it's wrong. It's very, very have, wrong. Yeah. Have you seen oh, uh, okay. Sonic the Hedgehog's recent Twitter presence? Yes, it's yeah. weird. They've got somebody with the official Sonic account just going around. Uh, Yelling at people. Yeah, they it got rules. somebody on there. Yeah. Oh, it's I not as say... good as the uh, the really quick. Hold that thought. It's not as good as the uh, Hudson USA bonk MySpace account. Do you remember that? No. Oh yeah. I, you showed it to me, Brandon. It was. I uh, did. <laughs> yeah, they made a they made a MySpace account for bonk in like oh, 2005 man. or something. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he just spoke in this like not quite. Uh, like uh bad internet speak where you you know you, you say uh you are instead of y-o-u-r but it was like its own unique weird bonk one and he just talked about girls and food a lot it was, <laughs> it was very strange man i totally forgot about that yeah yeah that was hot as heck but the the first words that he ever said in a game were um were actually i caramba in a uh in the triple pack that came with the turbo duo and because there was there were three games: Gate of Thunder, Bonk's Revenge, and Bonk's Adventure, and also secretly Bomberman on one disc. Right. And at, at the beginning, he said "Uga Bonk, Daba Duba, Uga Booga," and it was uh, translated underneath to say "Me Bonk, you player, let's play." Wow. Yeah. So that was his Daba first Duba. voice. Yeah, Daba Duba. <laughs> Speaking well, of uh, Daba well, Duba, Tim had a um, thing. Tim had a thing. Oh, okay, I don't 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 worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll I'll find an opportunity for it later. Okay. Well, um, if you've played uh, Ridge Racer Six for whatever generation of console that was on, there Crazy. was a Xbox voice actor, 360. James Xbox C. Mathis the Third. He was okay. also in Metal Gear nice. Solid. I don't know if this is a name people know. Nope. Metal well, Gear. He was freaking awesome, and he did like unfortunately this like really stereotypical. Like, we have a wacky black guy, and we're directing his voice acting in Japan, but it was awesome. And so our uh, our friend of uh, internet fame, uh, screen name Zero, made a uh, Facebook page for this guy in in his, like, 
nitrous obsessed character voice. Mm. And it was really awesome until this guy's relatives started finding the place and thinking it was his official online presence. And, so, and did they, said, did they, like, did they post things Judy. like, Judy, why haven't you called me? Yeah, did they post things like, please come home? Yes, they did. <laughs> We're having dinner this weekend. We hope you'll be there, James. Why haven't you called us? Okay. That rules. <laughs> Poor James. All he wants to do is uh, have some crazy nitrous in his automobile. Yes. Well, I love doesn't? cars. Is that what every post was? <laughs> There's nitrous cars like that. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like the whistle tip thing, except with nitrous instead of whistle tips. Yeah, right. mm. WT. Whistles go woo. Yeah, I get you. All right. I what do you, what you. you got? So, for Tim, us? what uh, what fascinating tidbit did you have there, Tim? For what? You never what told you what about? it was. Oh, the thing that uh, you just said you didn't want to talk about yet. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I said, I said, I'll talk about it later. Okay. It'll come up again. We'll, we'll see if it, if it comes to back. The, uh, the wire here. So we'll have another soft landing or, um, we'll go long. What is it going to be? Uh, let's, let's get one more in there. One more okay. quick. One more thing in there. Just go for it. Okay. Not knowing when these episodes are actually airing, I've been kind of like anticipating the, um, PlayStation US launch. What is it? 20th anniversary? 9995? That's Dreamcast was 99. 99. 99. Right. Yeah. Owned. Guess who's wrong? Um, I have a visual aid here. This is the Game Fan Magazine uh-huh. advertising. The oh, launch of Sony PlayStation using the hideous baby man from the game Loaded. I don't, uh, oh, yeah. I don't really understand why they would do this. I had this. that, Mag. I had that one. So I might have the, your copy of that, in fact. The, actually, the owned. label may be from your house. I don't know. So the, then, uh, the, the PlayStation launched on the same date as the Dreamcast? Yeah, did people not realize this? Also, here yeah. is uh, SCE President Steve Race holding a PlayStation standing in a fountain wearing a really revealing Speedo swimsuit. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, pan it up. Pan- the oh. outline of his penis is like extremely wow. visible. Game yeah. Fan has published the penis of the Sony president of the time. That's amazing. Yeah. Nice. More like so, the Sony penis dent. <laughs> uh, how many excited faces did they give it, though? Well, well that, that's, that's Game, that Pro. Game Pro. Come on. It's, it's all the same. Come, I mean, seriously. No, Game Fan's well, the, the Dave Alverson one. Game Fan's the one where it's like, oh, oh it's the an animal one. and, it, and it, it's an animal and it jumps. It's yeah. game of the year. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah, they I was were... also reading the review of Battle Arena Toshinden, which I think oh, all yeah. three of these were written by the same person. Nice. Oh, they certainly were. Yeah. So they, it got like all a hundreds, didn't it? So I suppose I should actually have a question in here somewhere. I really just wanted to show the guy's penis, but um, <laughs> thank you, Steve Race. Are there any are there any other memories of this time? I mean, for me, this was kind of a big deal because I was like old enough to maybe purchase my own video game system, and it was the first system that had like a street date that I was aware of. So we're talking this is ninety five, right? Ninety five. Yeah. Okay. What what is uh what is memorable about this, if anything? Apparently, people don't remember this like they do the Dreamcast or other launches. It was a dark time. I remember this is a year that EGM gave Twisted Metal Game of the Year. Which they gave it a review of nine 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 nine, and uh, it's a it was a strange. They also gave Warhawk four nines, and I remember seeing pictures of these games. These uh, someone has just parked on my street. Tell them I said blasting, what's up. Blasting music very loudly. Can't I, hear the, it mic, the mic uh, doesn't pick it up, don't we? It's it's just shaking my windows. It's horrifying. Uh, holy lord, what are you doing out there, people? Yeah, so I just remember seeing the pictures of these games with like, like the games had these light polluted purple red just blood red dark gunmetal just brick colored muddy yeah red and green and rust uh, it was just all really it was really really dark and really uninviting and i remember an egm preview of twisted metal literally said it's like mario kart for adults uh. and uh i was 16 years old and i was like Man, dude, how much more of an adult am I going to become if someday I'm going to want that instead of Mario Kart? And it's like I played Twisted Metal and it was okay, but it was it was just thoroughly weird to me that like 
Sony's entire thing at that time was all about extreme, you know, you not being ready. Uh, and, uh, it's like just telling me over and over again, you were not ready with this red E. Yeah. And it's like, what is that saying? Is that saying, uh, I don't have enough hair on my balls. I don't have enough hair on my chest. You know what? I, I, I think hair I, in my armpits. I think I actually kind of took it that way because I'm thinking back to that time. And, uh, this is when I was still like, renting games on my genesis and occasionally picking up a magazine but you know i wasn't really following what was going on so much and i remember the playstation coming out and looking at screenshots and uh acknowledging that the games looked more advanced or whatever but without even saying this in my head just not being interested you know like Mm -hmm. i i don't remember a moment going i'm not interested in this i just don't remember ever being interested in the playstation and uh soon after i just stopped playing video games for about five years you know i think i uh could identify this as a as a point at which my like my taste was in video games was kind of already going down a certain path due to my ownership of a Turbo Graphics and the kinds of games that were on there. But I do remember, you know, I, I, when I was just starting high school when this was all going on, and um, there, I didn't read magazines or know about that kind of stuff really, and the internet barely existed, so popular opinion was just whatever people in game shops or who were my friends thought. And the consensus was that PlayStation rules and Saturn blows. And, uh, yeah. And I kind of bought into this and got a PlayStation and then didn't like anything on it at the time. And then I sold it. And then I bought my friends who, uh, like all these were all hand-me-downs, but I purchased and sold three PlayStations during my high school career, and I wound up buying one Saturn and keeping it, partially because it was cheap, but also partially I think because there was a even though Saturn was trying, Sega was trying to be pretty extreme as well. The games that were being made were were way more blue sky and here's a weird thing, uh, at least in the United States, and so I think that time was was really, it kind of pushed me all the way down one path for a little while with video games to where I, I was just not interested in what I deemed to be, I don't know, my friends and the game stores had all misled me to make me think, to, or to try to think that, that this extreme stuff was what I wanted and I just couldn't want it. Yeah, yeah I actually, uh, I sold my launch PlayStation later that year and got a Nomad and was... uh <laughs> Nice. Much more satisfied. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's, like a, a there's a thread here between us. It's interesting. But I did play through. Uh, I did play through Wild Arms at one point. I liked that one because that it had that whistling in it and um, really good soundtrack. That game. I ended up getting a PlayStation in uh, uh, late '96 after getting a Super Nintendo or a, a Nintendo 64, and uh, and I got. Uh, just rented a bunch of games for it. And I just had a good time playing through. And uh, the first game I bought for PlayStation was Suikoden. Yeah, it's cool. So I bought that, and that was over a year. I remember GameFan really, really hyping that. And uh, it just blowing my mind because it was based on a book that I had read when I was a kid that was like my favorite book. And GameFan's like, this game, did you know, it's based on this. And I was like, What? How in God's name did someone make the decision to make a game based on that? So that is why I bought a PlayStation because uh, I was bugging the dude at Electronics Boutique. Uh, that's what they used to call EB Games. Yeah, <laughs> everybody for the youngsters in the audience at Electronics Boutique. I before the word boutique became not manly enough. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I want that. I want that Sui Coden. And he's like, I don't even know what this game is, dude. And it had that disgusting box art. And I would like the box art of Sui Coden is like a perfect example of a uh, like what the expectation was for a uh, like a game of any kind. Like they just redrew all the dudes as these weird buff looking. Have you guys seen the original Sui Coden box art? Yeah, uh, I have not. Uh, it was amazing. 
Um, like it was just truly, truly amazing. It's like gem in the holograms. Sim- I, similar to needing angry polygon man as a mascot for the uh, mm-hmm. launch, yeah. which is funny because I read, I forget what magazine it was, but they did a retrospective on the PlayStation launch, which obviously was done a while ago if it was in a magazine, but apparently whoever the Japanese head of uh, the PlayStation division was, was like really, really upset when he saw this because it uh The angry, angry polygon man? Yeah. Because yeah, it looks for, like Virtual Fighter. For those of you not not watching the stream, which is everyone, there was a really po- polygonal, pointy-haired man that I guess was a mascot that I never saw. Yeah, before. yeah, he was and in the Magos. The the funny thing is, if you look at the screenshots, which again they can't see, they've retouched all of these. They did these two-page spreads. Th- speaking of uh, unified ad campaigns, but you notice how everything is like uh, anti. Uh, Anti-alias. Anti-alias. Yeah, Anti-alias. that's, that's yeah. one and of the so, earliest examples of a 3D bullshot, as they're called. Yeah, bullshot. Yeah. I, I specified 3D because uh, you you can trace bullshots all the way back to about 1980 with yeah. uh, Activision and Atari games, which were the screenshots were drawn because they had no way of really capturing video uh, in a way that made sense. I have a couple more mm-hmm. specific memories of that time. One one related to Wild Arms, which was that uh, I got this. Um, I think I had just subscribed to Game Informer through Funkoland because Funkoland oh, had yeah Funko Land. before the word fun became uncool. Yeah, before fun became uncool and co. Also. And then it became kill. Then it was Kilco Land yeah, after Land. that because it was all about killing. <laughs> yeah, Kilco Land. Um, <laughs> But I got this. I got this coupon for twenty dollars off Wild Arms, so that then it would be significantly cheaper. And I, uh, I took it. It was it was actually paid for by Sony, I think. And so I had to go to a mall for the first time in my life in order to get it because um, nowhere else had it. And so I had to go to like Macy's or something weird. And and mm-hmm. they they had it there and they were all really confused about the whole process. But and uh, I had to go with my dad and I specifically remember that because that was all a bunch of stuff I didn't usually do. Um, probably Sears, by the way. Maybe it was Sears. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing Sears rules is with uh, no, with the Saturn. You know, the internet was around by the time the Saturn was disappearing and Panzer Dragoon Saga was coming out and. Um, and burning rangers and stuff. And I was reading a website called Saturn World. I believe it was called Saturn World. And it was owned by owned. EGM or, or someone or became EGM. Uh, oh, I think it was IGN. Was it IGN? I don't know. Maybe it was IGN. Anyway, there was this... Uh, I remember this post by a guy who was like getting fired or having to move to a different thing or supposed to not talk about Saturn anymore. And it, it read like this run by gift, uh, that he was giving us where he's like, look guys, I'm not supposed to talk about this stuff anymore, but I got to tell you, Pan's Dragoon Saga is amazing. Burning Rangers is great. All right, I'm out. And that was, (laughs) it was pretty much, that was pretty much it. And I, I pre-ordered Pan's Dragoon Saga because of that, because I saw the screens and I was like, holy crap, this game looks like the best. So there. And praise Jesus, you actually pre-ordered it. Yeah, I, pre- I, I, I bought, I paid MSRP for, for, um, Panzer Dragoon Saga. I put $10 down for Panzer Dragoon Saga for the pre-order, and I went to get it, cause they called me up, and then they just didn't have it. That happened like, to a friend oh, of mine who some- was so pissed at me for actually getting one. Some guy came in and he was like, do you have this? Do you have it? And we thought it was you, man. I don't know. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, we just thought, you know, that was like, I was like, oh, did he have like his pre-order slip that I got in my hand right here? He's like, no. <laughs> and that was it. It was, they got one copy of the game and it was me. Dang. Yeah. Whoa. Pretty sad, huh? Mm-hmm. And that's my story. And that's the straight dope. The SD. I just dropped the straight dope hammer. The, sta- the SDH. Standard definition. Hank. So I like the fact that all of our PlayStation memories are Saturn related. <laughs> yeah. Not because, Frank's. Uh, Wait, were they? I had, I no. had a PlayStation memory. I, I got my darn Suikoden. And I smoked After a whole bunch of, I smoked a whole bunch of candy cigarettes while playing it. 
I just heard a, a phone that wasn't a cell phone. Is that because you're at your mom's house, Brandon? Blasted. Busted. Yeah, yes, it is. I'm only turning on my <laughs> mic in between ring. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you mean we could be using the Saturn Netlink, right? Oh, wait, no, I don't have a landline anymore. I actually brought my Netlink with me to my mom's house because she has a landline, and I was going to think about maybe trying to <laughs> use it. I don't even know if it's possible, though. I think you have to have a, a, like a, a dial-up modem, which I don't have. No, no, no. It's, it's direct dial. Oh, really? You just, you just need a phone line. Wow. Well, oh, man. We'll do some Netlink memories next time. But, Frank, did you, uh, did you chime in here yet? Uh, yeah, just the, my memories of, of the PlayStation being announced and me being kind of oblivious and, and how hard oh, yeah. about it right. and then forgetting that video games existed for a few years. Yeah. Not Saturn-related oh, at all. Although I will say that I saw the Saturn first, and I saw Panzer Dragoon at the Toys R Us, um, and love that game. Thought it looked really cool, and uh, I I don't know. I think my first memories of 3D games were seeing Saturn games, like even seeing Bug at Blockbuster, which was a pretty terrible game. I was like, huh, you just walk in any direction I want. That's interesting. Yeah, that I game actually at blew my mind more than uh, Super Mario 64 on first play, just because it was that much fresher of an experience. Yeah, what? yeah, Bug. Bug. But yeah, bug! Exclamation oh. point! Yeah, I'm gonna put it out there right now. I'm gonna put it out. Uh, Super Mario 64 rules. <laughs> huh? Uh, go on and talk whatever smack you want about it. With uh, just be full, be just brimming, turgid, full of the knowledge that you're straight up wrong. Well, that's a, it's, uh, and that's uh the straight. That's dope. a pretty unpopular opinion, there, Tim. That that that's a good game. So <laughs> you're you're gonna have to try oh, hard to defend no. it, but. I will uh, I will say that lately I have been a little bit surprised to see people who are like going, you know, actually uh Super Mario 64 is not that good. Uh. I've like seen a lot of people saying that now like get this guys, it's it's not that good. Like I was watching some people play it on the internet the other day from one of those let's play the video game real fast SGDQs. events. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching it and it was like yeah, this game's cool. Did you uh, did I, you watch the interviews after? Uh, I did. Uh, so did, did you took, watch the three I people was, playing at the, playing live at the same time? Is that what you watched? I watched yeah, two. I, people. I watched that. Yeah, I watched uh, the multiple people with the hundred twenty star. Race. Yeah. So afterwards, those three they, guys. Afterwards, there was an interview with the three of them, and and you know, I I, I guess I don't pay that much attention to the speedrun community, but mm-hmm. uh, they were. You know, the the host guy was asking him, you know, how how much they practice, how much they play, and the answer from the first guy was, uh, he's been he's been playing every day for three years with some days off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your body is an instrument at that point. Yeah, yeah. you are you are the temple. That you, was amazing. The game, the game comes to you to worship itself at that point. All right, let's so make, let's a, make a point of talking about the the speedrun community uh, next, next time. show let's because do it. Uh, I got a lot mm-hmm. I want to say about that. Yeah, me too. I've got, I've got one thing on the show. Yeah, I would like to I've ask got, them what were your thoughts out there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one thing I want to add. It's uh, and this revealed something just about speedrunning to me. Was is every time they have one of these big events? I've watched a lot of races for Super Metroid, and there's a boss, the ghost on the uh, sunken ship mm-hmm. in Super Metroid. You know the boss I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone always dies at that boss, yeah. right? And uh, like, and then they'll die, and they're doing like a speed run where they don't save because it's you know for speed. Yeah, they just got to turn they, it off. Yeah, they just stop at that point. Yep. And every time you hear the person, like the announcer, go, oh, yeah, this boss has real – or you hear like one of the commentators go, oh, this boss has really bad RNG. This boss is really hard to predict. And it just turns the key in my brain every time. It's like, yeah, I guess that's what speedrunning is. It's uh, when something has really bad RNG and it's hard to predict uh, and it can kill you, sometimes it does, and then – you're done, and that's like, that's kind of a cool thing yeah. to think about because you're not you're not playing the game. I mean, it's it's great that you're you're not playing the game the way you're quote unquote supposed to. You're mm-hmm. uh, you're finding the quickest path 
And it's like sometimes you can't. And you've just got to tough up. The end. That's the straight dope. TM. Next time on the Insert Credit Show, toughen up. Toughen up. We will be toughening upping something. Okay, let's do it. And, um, okay, I guess that, so we've confirmed that, uh, you should not buy a PlayStation. You should, uh, watch Sailor Moon and have your dad go into the toy store for you to buy the doll so you don't have to be seen handing over cash for this thing. And just continue renting Sega games because you don't and need conti- Yeah, continue renting Sega and maybe buy a Saturn once they drop in price a little bit because Panzer yeah. Dragoon on demo at Toys R Us is really awesome. Yeah. So they Pan's Drag. Pan's Drag. Love that game. Excellent game. It actually, yeah. you know, it has like a, if you look at it now, the pixelation of the textures, it's like really pointillistic. Yeah. It yeah. actually, it looks better now than it did then. Yeah, it really gets me going. I was hoping somebody would go off on pointillism, but I was I hoping you could wrap up in like about there. 10 minutes to eat dinner. So Yeah, we got to okay. finish it. Here we yeah, go. Let's do it, man. Follow us on, uh, I don't know, the GameFAQs forums. Where, where are we being followed now? Game facts for I see podcast on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter by searching our names. Or yeah. uh one zero eight for Tim because that's the easiest one. And uh yeah, if you I love that Twitter. If you if you feel like talking to me and my friends, you should come to forum.necrosoftgames.com because I would really like more people to to join there and talk about things. Cool. Hint, hint. I've got I've got a forum for video ball, but uh <laughs> try and find it, kid. <laughs> That's the challenge. Blasted. That's the straight dope. Honk. There you go. Okay, bye. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> Insert credit show. Over, yeah! Dinner timing. Dinner timing or any timing. <laughs>